Mr. Mark Golden Bear went. The reason I am so late could be summed up easily with two words, technical difficulties. Would you like more detail than that? No, that'll suffice. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Oh. With new methods of broadcasting come new challenges in troubleshooting. Yeah. And I learned that Facebook, like we scheduled it at 1030. Yeah. If we weren't streaming by 1038, they'd kick us off. Wow. Because they don't want to suck up bandwidth with nothingness. I guess. So we're live on Facebook right now? Yeah. And YouTube. Yep. And did you tag me? So my friends know? Probably not. Okay. Well, I had a snide remark there, but I'll keep it to myself. Oh, come on. Why start now? <laughs> I'm not your babysitter, bitch. Yeah, thank you. But you've got all the production tools now, thankfully. Um, you have access to Moped Outlaw's Facebook as well. I guess I do, don't I? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So don't be sitting back in your cold pool. Thinking you're all Yoda Zen. Oh, Greg's got this. That's the man I love. <laughs> hey, how's 59 so far? Mixed. It's good. It's pretty good. It's okay. Could be better. All right. Wait till you get to 69. You'll have a blast. Yes. I think so. I think 59 is going to be even more of a blast. You think so? Yeah. All right. This is our 39th episode. Whoa. I know. Our next one's 40. That seems sort of auspicious. Well, assuming the best... I'm slightly distracted because, of course, I was trying to log into Facebook to try and share things, but Facebook won't let me log in. Well, you are really having technical difficulties. Dude, if I told you what my day's been like so far, it would ruin the mood. Damn, and it's only just begun. Right? What the hell? I think it could be summed up in a few short words. I don't want to. Well, then maybe you should get back into bed. Have thyself merrily. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> and neither does she. <laughs> That's not what we're talking about. It's just like, uh, it's fuck Friday, yeah, but it's Monday to those of you who are listening. Yeah. <sighs> I'm so glad we have the explicit warning so I what can speak my warning? mind on our podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you can speak freely. Actually, Facebook will kick us off if we fucking swear a lot. But you know what? I don't give a shit. What's it called now? Meta. 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 Welcome to the meta world. 
Yep. I, I heard that someone else owned that and that they were busily trying to resolve that issue. Well, I think they resolved it because when you go into Facebook business, it's meta now. It's got this little spaghetti logo. No, no. I know that they, they claimed it, but someone already owned it. And so there was a lawsuit. It's always a lawsuit. If someone's got a few million dollars, someone's suing to get some of it. Yeah. Yep. That's the way it goes. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. America. America. God shed his grace on me. America. That song is fucking awesome. That was a great album. Not yeah. album rocked. Yeah. Yeah. Really great. Yeah. Yeah. Trench coat. Yeah. All right. So our theme for today is what makes a movie great? Yes. And as a person entering into the movie realm, you should have some thoughts about this. I should. <laughs> but you know what? I don't want to. <laughs> no, I, I have some. Is, I was about to launch into them, but I saw an opportunity for a good joke. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to do that first. Good. And I think that's an important piece. Uh, uh, what makes a movie great is still having a sense of humor about itself, even if it's a major drama. So my dinner with Andre was funny. I don't know. I never watched it. Yeah, neither did I. Who wants to watch two hours of two guys sitting around talking at a dinner table? I think it won an Academy Award, so it must, it, did have been too. it must have yeah. been pretty good. Yeah, I think it did well. I think there's some philosophy in there and maybe some humor. Oh, that just made the dinner party all the better. Yeah. What the hell's funny about Plato anyway? Well, it comes in a little can. Yeah. Well, Plato does. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Isn't that what you I, said? Yeah, did I, I did say that. <laughs> um, I spelled it differently in my mind. You know, I saw a, a movie with Bodie last weekend, Dog. Yeah. And we both thought it was going to be really good. And we both were like, nah, it wasn't really good. This is the guy who's like a former Marine or something who ends up taking the canine from a fellow fallen soldier and, and transporting somewhere. Right, going to the soldier's funeral. The family wants the dog there because it was such a part of his life. And the dog is just like a hellion. You know, it's yeah, constantly got a leather muzzle on its mouth because it just attacks people. And it's in, and um, anyway. So apparently a premise that's entertaining isn't enough to make a movie great. Right. And the actor, I forget his name, um, well, that, that says something, too. No, you, if I... He, yeah. was, he was in he's, Mr. He's Mike. most fam famously known for being Mike. Yes. Yes, exactly. Tatum. Yeah. Tatum O'Neill. No. China Tatum O'Neill. Got a sex change. Beefed up. <laughs> the that you what era is I'm amazing. Ta Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum. Thank you. His friends yeah. call him Chan. So, like, all the ingredients were on point, and it just didn't matter. Like, that's part of what we 
we're talking about is none of the scenes, even when he's in jail and the funeral's on Sunday and nothing's alert. <laughs> Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> um, like, it, we just didn't care. It didn't emotionally pull us in. Bingo. So one of the things that makes a, a movie or a film great is its emotional resonance. Yeah. And, and that's, and here's the thing lined up on a table, all the ingredients were there, but it didn't happen. Right. Yeah. It sounds like, um, they didn't stir the pot enough or, you know, there's like these, there's this lack of a singular vision where there's one person's artistic vision isn't there. And then there's also the overabundance of too many visions all in the same pot. Yeah, I don't know what it is. One thought I had is um, if there were budget constraints. So, like, they just – it was like, this is where he's in the bar getting drunk. This is where he's in jail. This is where he meets two girls. This is where the dog and him are at the beach. It was like that. You know, there was no. It was just too packed. <laughs> it was as if an artificial intelligence wrote the, the story. Or made the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's so funny because on some level, there's a lot of financial risk. So people want to be like, well, we better cover our bases. But greatness lies at the edges. Greatness is the willingness to take chances. And that means with characters that are um, somewhat unlikable, anti-heroes, if you will, or with settings and a cinematography language that is unusual and odd. And I know that at some point we're going to get to this. What makes a movie great is darkness. <laughs> I just, um, shoot, I heard a phrase the other day, like scared money. You can't make money with scared money. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. That was, yeah. It makes total sense. Yeah, because it becomes it becomes imprisoned money. Money is just energy anyway, right? I mean, we're we're all hip and, you know, everybody's waking up now. We're woke enough to know that money is just energy. It's just a, another form of, of psychic energy. Yeah, that's interesting because I told PG&E that and I said, uh, it doesn't matter. Give us your money, your cold, hard cash. Well, Why they want theirs. It's not. Yeah, it's reasonable for them to want theirs. I tried to give them batteries, said, hey, it's just a different form of energy. Right. They said, do you have anything in a silver battery? Yeah, exactly. Although I, the way things have been going in the, uh, with this war going on, I think the uh, value of nickel has been going up quite a bit. So your nickel might be worth a dime now. What about gasoline? Here's two gallons of gasoline. Yeah. It went um, down yesterday, which oh, was really? weird. Yeah, I was like, I better fill up before it goes higher. And then the next day it went down. Like a crack addict hooker. <laughs> oh, yes. So greatness is vision, imagination, execution. Um, All right, what's one of your top all-round movies like you could watch over and over again? Well, before I answer that, I'm going to say one that I used to think I could watch over and over again. And the last time I watched it, I couldn't watch it. But it wow. is a great movie. It is definitely, you know, a fantastic movie. And that's Young Frankenstein by Mel Brooks. 
but I've watched it now so many times that there's no more punchlines. It's I know everything. Right. So that was sad. Um, God. Well, I'll just say first thought, best thought, but when, you know, 2001 by Stanley Kubrick was like the first film I thought of. And one of the reasons I said that is because, you know, I watched it as a kid with my parents and I was like, what the hell? And then later on I tried to watch it again. And I was like, Hmm, I'm curious. Like, I still don't get this, but I was like, Hmm, I get the deep symbolism now. And then like two years ago, I watched it and I go, Oh, the obelisk is a cell phone. That's right. That's what it is. <laughs> People are staring at it. No. Smashing it. Yeah. You know, so ultimately, um, mystery, thought provoking, right? Um, another one that made me feel yeah, like. But- and you've mentioned Young Frankenstein. That isn't really thought provoking. It is too. It is. Yeah. How is it thought provoking? You keep looking at them titties. <laughs> nice knockers. <laughs> oh, thank you. You you may be right. It may not be that thought provoking. Thought provoking enough that you could you talk to your friends about it. It was a funny movie. Yeah. Um. I, it was a black and white film at a time when color was still the mainstay. Um, why am I defending this movie? I'm not picking it apart. Okay. I'm just saying. You're right. It's not, it's not thought provoking. It's just fr- funny, which is enough, right? Um, well, it was intelligent humor. Maybe that's it. Yeah. And a and little bit of adolescent behind humor. Behind the scenes, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um. Interstellar is also another sort of Kubrick style movie where at the end of it, I was like, Oh my God. And we had like an hour long conversation after we watched it. And that's one of the things I think about as, as what makes a movie great is after people leave the movie, they want to talk about it with each other and, and go over how it felt to be there and things that, that really stuck with them. Now, what about in, film history there's the famous scene of a razor slitting open a woman's eye that i think um salvador dolly and some other guy were involved with the making of the movie and it was just so like that scene has been spoken of so much because it was such a shocking scene well, it's more than in this case, it's more than innovation, right? Innovation is one thing, but this is downright like <laughs> surprise at the highest level, right? Which one? Interstellar or no, what you're talking about. What right. I don't know the name of this film, but it's like I don't either. shocking revelations cause give people a new experience, a novel experience. So another element of greatness is that it's a novel experience, that there's not, there's something amazingly new in it, even if it's terrifying and ugly. You know what that just reminded me of with, remember the movie, um, something about Mary. Yes. And when he got his ball stuck in the um, zipper. <laughs> and I thought, I remember thinking, oh, my God, it'd be so funny if they showed this. But, of course, they can't. And right then, boom, they boom. can't. And I was there like, oh, my God. <laughs> that was such a shock. I was like, holy fuck. Yeah. That yeah. was a great movie. It really is a great movie. It stands the test of time. It's, you know, there's 
there's movies that are camp like that, that on the surface, like if you're Roger Ebert or some other amazing film critic, you're going to be like, well, yeah, okay, right? But to people who don't watch with a critical eye necessarily, there's a way for them to connect with both the humor, the the intrigue, right? You have to root for people. I wonder if Smokey and the Bandit had a good critical. I'm sure it did not. <laughs> and yet it banked and it was hella funny. They made three of them. Yeah. Well, the first one was brilliant, man. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it would stand the test of time. I know. I don't know either. All right. So we to go back and watch it. All right. So, um, Young Frankenstein's one of your top films. Well, yeah. I mean, there's so many. I really? think Empire Strikes Back is amazing. Really? Yeah. Because um, you were in it? No, I'm not in Empire. Aren't you the guy in the shadow in that one scene? No. <laughs> <laughs> but what what was amazing to me about it is this. In that film, Luke is the fatherless child coming into his adulthood. And Yoda is the great mentor who teaches him the ways of the force. And so the relationship I had with myself and my perception of my relationship with my father really brought a deep psychological impact to that relationship. So by, and I think for a lot of men my age that, that saw empire when they were teenagers, a lot of families were being disrupted at that point. There was a lot of divorce. And so I think part of what made it resonate was the deeper shadowy aspects of the missing father figure and, and the way that Yoda, you know, became the mentor in that. <clears throat> Plus the cinematography is badass. That was a good one. I think that's another element of greatness in the film is the visual language has to be novel and new, but it also has to be cohesive. It has to have a style. Yeah, I was thinking about Tarantino because his films are like he thinks that his uh, death race was his worst film and that he says it really cost him in the industry making that. Well, not death race. What was it called? Um, the one with uh, Kurt Russell. Oh, yeah. What I was that called? I don't know. Death race, maybe. No, it wasn't death race. <laughs> <laughs> I'll look it up. Anyway, I thought it was right. I stayed away death from proof. death proof. That's right. Death yeah. proof. I stayed away from it because I knew like they, he and his buddy Rodriguez. were Rodriguez were emulating the whole slash and gore thing of the early seventies. But I watched it and it was really good. Like his, his, ability to make a film is on such a high level. Well, yeah. And he's an interesting personality too, because he seems like he's somewhat on the spectrum. He's, he's a savant in many ways. And he's like the fact that if he were listening to the show, every time we couldn't just instantly name a movie, he would just be like, he would hate us because he's a walking film encyclopedia, right? Yeah. He's just, he could tell that you, the cinematographer, he could tell you all this stuff about every film probably. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's an element of greatness, too, is that the the director 
needs to have an informed sensibility so that he can create style out of the, the pantheon of, of great film. But thinking of him and Spike Lee, like they created a, mm-hmm. like you were talking about a cinema look, like they each have such a distinct look for their films. And I'm thinking of Spike who invented that dolly shot where, you know, a person's just sort of dolling down a, Road yeah, the dolly zoom mix, right? Where you right. zoom and you dolly at the same time. Right, right. Yeah. And um <laughs> I'm gonna have to use the mute button on today's episode. It's about fucking time. How many no, times right. are you gonna do that without using the mute button? And probably the, the, another forty five minutes, so be ready, everyone. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, what I realize is how uneducated I am in cinema. Like my uncle gives this, teaches this class every now and again in Montana about the great cinema classics. Right. And, and there's like, I should know some of them. He's told me them before, but I can't remember them to save my life. And these are amazing, you know, p- great works in, in cinema in, in time. And, um, <clears throat> You know, I was looking into stuff, you know, for, for some some of us who know a guy named John Cordy, who was in, involved with Sesame Street and, and some other great films. He was involved in um, a film that is an amazing animation film. And it no one's really seen it. It's Twice Upon a Time. Yeah. And, Twice Upon a Time. Yeah. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. John Cordy, Charles Swanson. It's a really amazing animated film and it's amazing work of art, but no one really knows much about it. Right. And so there's all these great quote, great films that, you know, people haven't heard of. Yeah. I don't know this one. Yeah. It's amazing. And, the animation looks kind of like, uh, did John Cordy do stuff for Disney? He did stuff for cinema, for Sesame street. And he did, he did animation, but he also was a live action director and initially in his career, a cinematographer. And, you know, we should just say that, um, on March 8th this week, he died. And the reason he's top of mind is because some of my, Facebook friends and and fellow musician friends are his relatives. And so I was thinking about John Cordy today and I was realizing that um, he had a kind of quiet greatness about him. Like he's not super famous, but his films have their own visual language and their own stylistic language and their quality. Um, But I think that still has him alive. I know the internets. They haven't figured it out yet because he's not super famous, but what I would say is that greatness one can be subjective to people, right? It depends on your point of view, but objective greatness where it's just universally accepted. That's the kind of greatness I think we're talking about where pretty much everyone says, yeah, five stars. I don't know. I, th- that one I disagree with because I think Fight Club is an amazing movie. Like, I think that's a great movie. And it's definitely not everyone's cup of tea. Yeah. Not everyone would want to see it or want to sit through it or whatever. Or think it's good, yeah. Yeah, I get that. 
Well, then that sort of narrows down. Like, what's objectively, what are the greatest movies of time? Like, can we say Wizard of Oz? Yeah, like I think because I was just going to talk about Apocalypse Now. And when I very first saw it, I thought I was okay, but it was a bit of a mess. And then I think they put out a re-edited version. They let I think they did two director's cuts, actually. Right. But I remember one where I was like, oh, that was a good movie. And then also learning about the story. And I'm wondering if Wizard of Oz is similar, where part of its greatness is its being such a, um, what do you call it, like a part of life nowadays, you know, like the Wicked Witch of the West is still some uh, character everyone identifies with. You know what I mean? Like, I think the movie's still... What what am I trying to say? Where it's in popular culture, it's anyway, it's in popular culture. That's how you say it, Greg. Yeah. Well, what what I think about is there's a lot of symbolism in the film that's that's useful and that gives it depth. But then there's another piece here, which is I'll just call it out. Like in a white bread world, it's a classic, but not every culture might see it that way. So I think in the United States, it's I think it's popular around the world. Yeah, I'm sure it is. And, you know, greatness is such a a thing. What's objectively great? Like, uh, I don't know. Like, well, I think that the remake of Oz with uh, Diana Ross and Michael Jackson. Right, right. But who was Quincy Jones? Wasn't he the producer behind that? I think so. Yeah, like those are some, like, especially when it came out, they were super A-list entertainers mm-hmm. and of color. And like they chose that story to. Yeah. Well, and it's a, you know, it's an interesting symbolism. And I think that's part of what great cinema is, is it's there's a, a layer below the surface that provides something nourishing and mysterious to be curious about like instead of walking out of the movies, just feeling satisfied, you walk out of the movies feeling satisfied and reviewing it in your mind, looking for, for things that you know are there that you can't, haven't quite digested yet that you haven't quite figured out yet. Okay. Do you think that um, when that is the shadow aspects of life, is that a great movie? Like, did you ever see Re- Requiem for a Dream? I think I did watch it once. It's been a long, long time. One of the reasons I was curious about it was because it was shot here in Marin County. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think Bellinas features prominently in it and stuff. Really? Yeah. Um, but it's so dark, right? <clears throat> so is that a great movie? Well... I don't think so. Cause I watched it once and I was, I'm right now what I notice in my body. And, and as I react is kind of like, eh, no, really? But you know, exorcist was a very impactful movie. I don't know if it was a great movie. It really, really achieved its objectives. It scared a lot of people. Yeah. Right? It's still to this day is scaring people. 
And I'm so scared, I won't even watch it. I've never watched it. Really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Right? Uh, so there's greatness in that. Like, how? that's weird. Like, it's so great a movie that I'm afraid to watch it. Yeah. What about, did you ever see a movie that came out in the late 80s called Henry's uh, Portrait of a Serial Killer? I don't think I've seen that, no. That was That was scary because... You got inside the head of a serial killer. Like, you know how when a movie's really good, it's in you? Like, there was a serial killer in you. Yeah, and yeah. I remember I saw it with Chris Deanstog, and uh, we walked out of the theater in Sausalito. We both didn't say shit for, like, 20 minutes. And then I think one of us went, like, wow. <laughs> and the other was, like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, you want to take a psychic bath after that. Exactly, man. Get the smudge stick out. Yeah. Did you ever see um, the one, oh, Natural Born Killers? I did see that. Okay. What that was about, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer was like documentary of that theme. You know, how that showed how people could, you know. Well, there's a kind of tongue-in-cheek nature to Natural Born Killers. (laughs) Damn it! (laughs) Greg put his tongue in his cheek and coughed. That's what happened. I went to hit the mute button, but I was starting to cough already. And yeah, the mouse starts sliding all over the place. There must be a way to program a mute button. There's a box you can buy now that's like the, it's a big button and you just hit it and it's, it mutes you. Really? Yeah. But it takes up yet another USB port on, on, in a Uh, world of diminishing USB port access. That's shit. Yeah. So, I mean, give me an example of your, like one of your top greats that you would like, you know, call as one of the best. Well, there is a scene and I think the movie's great, but the scene I've watched over and over and we could watch it right now and I would watch it. Dang it. I apologize. I like got this cold or something Sunday. And it's still obviously hanging on, hanging on. Yeah. yeah um, you got cold out on the bridge with us. I wonder if that was it. Some anyway. So what's this scene? <laughs> Gosh, oh, darn yeah. it. that coughing scene. Yeah. I remember that. Like, yeah. <laughs> there was that movie, that art house movie that was a bunch of, um, you know, outtakes from films where, actors cough instead of deliver their lines. And it's just like two hours of people coughing. Yeah. It's the Andy Warhol movie. Yeah. There's lots of spittle and, and you know, people's um, faces turning yeah, really red and their eyes plugging way out. And it reminds me of long hits I took in college. True Romance. The scene from True Romance that uh, Tarantino wrote the screenplay for. And the scene is between Christopher Walken and Dennis Hopper. It's yeah. about a 10 minute long scene and it is pure fiction. The dialogue is perfect. Christopher Walken and Dennis Hopper are perfect. The soundtrack is perfect. The edits, everything is so on point. So this is with Christian Slater, 
Dennis yep. Hopper, Val Kilmer, those guys, Brad Pitt. Yep, Brad Pitt. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. In and Detroit, a lonely pop culture geek marries a call girl, steals cocaine from her pimp, and tries to sell it in Hollywood. Meanwhile, the owners of the cocaine, the mom, track them down in an attempt to reclaim it. Yeah. So Directed by Tony Scott, is- written by Taren- Quentin Tarantino. Yep. And the scene, Christopher Walken is the mob guy, the head. Dennis Hopper is Christian Slater's dad. And um, it's brilliant. Awesome. Well, I'm definitely going to check that out. You know, this film, at the time I watched it, I was I thought it was amazing. And it still is pretty amazing. But the heavy metal movie, the original one, hmm. like... Because Heavy Metal Magazine had an artistic style, a graphic novel style. And Heavy Metal, the movie, proved that you could evoke that same level of artistic style in an animated feature and maintain the kind of look to it. And I remember reading about it taking so long because a lot of it was rotoscoped, right? So they had to act the scenes out and then have people draw over the actors and you know, and of course it's misogynist. I mean, the whole, like the whole heavy metal magazine is basically, you know, uses TNA as, as one of its selling points. So that it doesn't stand the test of time for that because it treats women poorly. But I was watching it a couple of days ago as we were thinking about this. Um, I didn't watch the whole thing. I was just like, cause I was like, is it really as good as I remember? Like, that's another thing to consider with our great movies, like the experience we have. And then later we're like, yeah, that was great. And then when you go back to it, maybe it's like, hmm, not so much. Yeah, there was a movie that just that happened. Like I remember started with, with Jonah and it just was like, oh, this isn't. Oh, man, this is hard to witness. It's hard to be a part of. Maybe you need to get that inhaler going, bud. Like you, you said no the last time we talked about. Yeah, you're not. You're used to being quiet and hammering away on the pixels. Yeah. All right, so let's narrow this down because there's. I have a favorite film company, and you know who they are probably. And and like, there's a whole lot of controversy about whether they're great or not. But I think some of them are great. So of all the Lucasfilm pantheon, pre Disney, like not Disney, but Lucasfilm proper. What do you think is his greatest film? Um, what was the name of that film um, with Tom Cruise? Uh, I don't think he was in a Lucas film. You sure? No. But what's the what's the basic I concept of the story? Is it is it the cruise car cruising one? Well, that was good. American. Yeah, American Graffiti is amazing. And it revolutionized film. It, it shows a lot of, of cinematic language. It was one of the first films to have multiple storylines that are intercut. They're not told linearly. Um, there's a lot of greatness in that film. Yeah. Is that is that what you'd pick? No. I'm trying to, I can't remember the name of it. It was that well, fantasy one. Fantasy one. I'm being tongue in cheek. I'm being sarcastic. Oh, okay. Remember what was that one he did, and it just got panned. Uh, well, they've all been panned in certain ways. Are you talking about Radioland Murders? 
What? What? Radio Land Murders. No, did he do that? Yeah. He directed that? Yep. Well, no, it was he produced it. I don't think he directed it. I don't think there's been a Lucasfilm that had Tom Cruise in it. Like, I don't think that exists. All right. That's why I was asking you what the vibe of the film is, what the story is. But of the ones that you know about. <laughs> All right. Talking about directing. Oh, I guess he didn't direct it. God, so it's a Tom Cruise mil- a movie of- that George Lucas didn't direct and didn't produce, but it's the best Lucasfilm movie ever made. <laughs> if I make you laugh, you're going to cough. I'm going to cough anyway. Yeah. Um, Willow. Oh, that's Val Kilmer. No. It had such promise. It was a good movie. It was okay. They're making a sequel. I'm sorry to hear that. I'm not. I'm excited. All right. The greatest movie that George Lucas has never been involved with is Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. So say that again. I only heard the last part. First, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's it. That's your favorite Lucasfilm movie? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty hard not to love that movie. There's, It's got everything. When I saw it, I went to the big theater in Corte Madera, and I was on Mushrooms, and I just remember, like, oh, my God, it was the best. Yeah, it really was. And Steven Spielberg had a lot to do with that movie. Like, it's a Spielberg-Lucas combination. It was produced under Lucasfilm, but, but they collaborated on it, and I think that's one of the reasons it's so good. Yeah. Like two friends got together and made their favorite movie based on like their favorite movies. Well, and it's the story is that when Star Wars was done, George thought he had a lemon on his hands and he was he was like wanted to go lick his wounds and just get away for a while. So he and Steven and their wives went to Hawaii to just hang out. And while they were in Hawaii, they were designing the basic concept for uh, Indiana Jones um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. And then Star Wars hits, right? And so now they know they have the money to make Raiders of the Lost Ark. So, yeah, I heard that each of them, like um, Spielberg, thought Jaws was just going to tank his career, and um, Lucas thought Star Wars was going to tank his career. And both of them, like, both of them felt like there was just so much. Wrong with the movies, but their vision and from compared to what they shot didn't add up. Right? They they didn't see the thing they wanted to see. We what might we have to re-record this one, man. I don't know. You need some peppermint tea, probably. Um, but I heard that they each get a profit from the other's movie because they made a bet. Oh, I've never heard of this before. What bet did they make? <clears throat> they made a bet that if Greg coughs five more times, then he has to pay me a hundred bucks. Yeah. That like, okay, there's one. That's the first 20. <laughs> like Spielberg, you know, to bolster George said, I'll make you a bet. 
Oh, forget it. Oh, my God. I, this is, like, horrific to witness. Like, just imagine watching your friends this choking stuff. on everything. Can't, yeah. just, can't get a word out. In complete denial that he's asthmatic. Like, <sighs> oh. It's not asthmatic. Like, I can just feel my sinuses are so plugged. Oh, man. I feel for you. Did you have caffeine today? No. Oh, that's probably part of it, too. Yeah. Because you have caffeine every day. Should we, like, re-record this? Fuck no. Oh, my God. Sorry. Sorry, people. I know. It's tough. But, you know, my experiences with trying to capture the zeitgeist again (laughs) on stuff like this is it just won't work. Like, we can have the one that doesn't have the coughs in it, but... But it'll sound like a bunch of guys looking at cardboard. Wow, man. I noticed the crinkles yeah, over there. Is, you know, I'm sick, I guess. Yeah. So dying. kudos to you for showing up. Well, I don't know if that's kudos. Yeah. Well, All right. you're here. So, yeah, what I heard is that George bolstered Spielberg, and Spielberg bolstered George. <laughs> and there was some kind of a bet involved in like, I bet your movie's going to do great. And, you know, I bet so much that I'll give you half, half of no, three, like 3% or, you know, some small percentage if it does. And yeah, it's good to have partners like that who will step forward and like put their money where their mouth is and say like, this is, I believe in you. And, um, you know, I believe in you so much uh, that you should pay me for that. I'm nodding. Yes. If I talk, I'm going to just cough. Yeah. It's cocking, toffing. The rest of this episode is going to be brought to you by Mark Golden Bear went, and I'm going to be this. He's going to be the occasional thing. It's going to be as if someone keeps yanking the cord out of his microphone. So, um, I think we're at a point where it's we're it's almost impossible to have this discussion, but I'll just reiterate and recap because that's what I do. I'm a recapper. So some of the greatest films are great as a result of the emotional resonance they have, the cinematography. And then there's this idea of flavor of, of each individual writer and director having like a, a kind of zeitgeist, a style that comes forward. And we've also realized that like there are classics like, Wizard of Oz in 2001. But there's also films that are great to some people, but to others, they're not. For instance, Greg really, really loved. Oh, I can't remember the name of it. Oh, darn it. Fight Club. Fight Club. That's it. Yeah. See, first rule of Fight Club. There is no film called Fight Club. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, um, here's an invitation if you are watching this or listening to it, send us a list of what you think the greatest films are. And if we like it, if we actually get a list, we'll mention your name on the air. Or if you, maybe we will not. And so that you don't feel embarrassed or whatever, but it's, I'll just say this, that this is not a great film. The one you're watching right now is not necessarily a great film. Greg's messing with me now by changing the size of things because he can use his fingers, but he can't use his voice. So um, 
I'm so glad I didn't shave this morning because now you're really getting an eyeful of, of my gorgeous, my gorgeousness. Yes. Ah, that's better. Hey, we switched sides. I'm, all of this technology is not proof of a great movie. Like that's an important thing. Like sometimes a great movie is not just its technology. Although the fifth element was based on technology quite a bit. And I really liked that movie and I haven't ever seen a Tarantino movie that I didn't like. What about remember when, um, what was that computer movie with Tron? uh, Yeah, that was good. Yeah, that was really good. It was a landmark, groundbreaking cinematography. Yeah. It was a little short on emotional resonance, right? I thought it did all right with emotional resonance. It's okay. Yeah. And it was the first movie that had completely computer-generated graphics. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also want to call out Harrison Ford. Like, Harrison Ford's been in a lot of the really great movies of, of my lifetime. And in particular, you know, we already mentioned Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, I think that. Witness was a great movie. Witness is a great movie. Um, Blade Runner is a good movie. Um, Oh, we should we should mention Ridley Scott's Pantheon of Work. Like he made some really great movies. Alien is one of the great all time great movies. You know, just really well constructed, the cinematography, the tension, the th- and you know, all of that stuff. And that um, was another horror movie where I remember leaving the theater and being just. <laughs> yeah, just like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Yeah, like stunned. So like, oh, my, like you're but just kind of like. Also unnerved, quiet, you know, yeah. like, holy shit. Kind of like, uh, yeah, unnerved. Yeah, yeah. Like your nervous system is shut down from the intensity of it or, or it's on ultra high alert. Cause at any yeah. moment you're thinking something's going to get you. A cat will jump out of a locker. Right. Uh, Jaws was also like that. A lot of people had a hard time swimming after that in the ocean. I liked scream and I'm not a slash and gore person, but I liked the humor of scream and it taking the genre of those movies and kind of, poking fun at it and at the same time being one of those movies. Yeah. Yeah. I also think that it's worth noting that a kind of camp film that's production values are low and that isn't really like a deeply significant, you know, in terms of its philosophy or plot, although you could argue this Rocky horror picture show had an amazing impact on the American culture. It's a great movie. It really is a great movie. And, you know, God bless meatloaf who's who's departed now um who else uh well animal house if we're talking about low yeah, the animal house too right i showed that i watched that with jonah and he was he thought oh my god this is brilliant i was like that held that movie See, i'm a i think it's been long enough that i could watch animal house and laugh again because i don't remember all the jokes but i'm not sure of that like my I, that's what i thought about young frankenstein was that i i would be able to enjoy it again because i'd forget parts of it but that basically every film every frame in that film is amazing and funny life of brian i think is a brilliant movie yeah um oh time bandits if you haven't seen time bandits if you're you know not in your 40s or older 
and you haven't seen Time Bandits, you definitely got to see Time Bandits. It's a great, great film. Yeah. Um, you know, George, the late George Harrison was involved in the production of that. Terry Gilliam. Yeah. Um, you know, not so great. Back to the Future. Like, good movie, but not great. Right? Like, there's a lot of good films that are, aren't great. See, that was a great summer movie, though. I remember totally feeling satiated with Back to the Future. Oh, yeah. It was fun. It was fun. But there's a great summer movie, which isn't necessarily an objectively universally great movie. Right? right. Like the Iron Man series is kind of. Yeah, it's good. There was a movie. Oh, um, the one with Robin Williams where he. Goodwill Hunting? No, no, no. The, where he played the Fisher King. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That that's a, that's so a great dramatic movie. Very intelligent, well written. Yeah. Brilliantly acted. And yeah, the story, the plot line. Well, I have high hopes for Hamlet. The new Hamlet. I'd like to see that. That could uh, Denzel Washington could be great in that, and I've heard great things about it. What's a movie that you are hoping is great that's that you haven't seen yet? That's either out or about to be out. The one that's on Netflix this weekend with the little kid, The Making of Adam. I think it's called The Making of Adam. A T O M. Okay, so those are our two movie picks. Um, We've decided that Moped Outlaws is just going to be a movie review show from now on. So <laughs> hopefully you like the new direction we're taking. Crick laughs so hard he's coughing again. No surprise there. This, this, is, this is a painful episode. Poor guy. Hey, John Cordy directed um, the autobiography of, Harry, of J, J, Miss Jane Pittman. Yeah, he made a significant contribution to this this history of cinema in our culture. And it's telling that some of our great artists don't get the, you know, fame that they necessarily. <clears throat> I wonder if that's because that's the way they want it to be. Perhaps he seems like a quietly um, devoted, you know, craft the film type of guy you know who um who else i think just is a great filmmaker is steven soderbergh yes i mean we could spend hours going through this the thing about american cinematography and cinema history is we have a huge 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 pantheon of amazing work to, to discover it's seemingly endless except when you you've got the remote in your hand and you're looking at Netflix going, why can't I find anything good to watch? Maybe that's a time to shut the, the TV off and get a good book. This is the book I'm reading cronies. That's very sad to me. But Ken Burns, Ken Babs. Very sad to me. Sorry to make you sad, Greg. I'll just say this. When I came in here, I was blue and somewhat depressive and feeling like not very good. Like my energy level was low. And right now I think I'm going to kill myself. No, I'm just right. kidding. I'm Congratulations. Just kidding. I feel really good. Actually. I'm so grateful to be here 
riding the rails with the Kaufmeister himself. We're going to get him a Robitussin subscription from Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> Recording stopped. <laughs>